Hey everyone, welcome to Lessons with Mike. It's the end of the month and the start of a new month. You know what that means? Me and Jesse are back for our monthly recap of what we watched in the preceding month. Proceeding? Proceeding. Preceding. In the preceding month, what we watched. So, I'm here with Jesse, Mr. Brother. Hey, I'm Jesse. It's true, he is. And today we're going to discuss the films that we watched in the month of February. It's already March 23. Isn't that crazy? It feels like just yesterday it was not. Yes. Well, that's because time is weird and strange. But So, Jesse, you didn't watch a lot of movies this month, did you? I uh, just watched one this month. Well, I've just got two, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go over the first thing I watched, and then you'll mm-hmm. go over the one you watched, then we'll go back to me. All so, right. I watched the 2023 film Winnie the Pooh, Blood, and Honey. Now, I think this is a very interesting case here, because as, as many of you probably know who have heard of the film, the characters of Winnie the Pooh entered into the public domain recently. Certain laws prohibit other people from taking characters and putting their own spin on them until after the copyright expires and the character enters the public domain. And this law keeps getting changed and keeps getting expanded, but I believe right now in America it's the death of the author plus 70 years, something to that effect. And some people, when the trailer for this movie came out, were very critical saying that public domain should be extended, but I disagree. I think I think the more works that are in the public domain and the quicker, I think that's better. I think it shouldn't be the author's death plus 70 years. I think it should just be the author's death. And maybe the death plus a few years, because once a work is able to be accessible by everyone and other people can, it adds to the creativity, right? And it adds to the total sum of collective knowledge and total sum of the collective experience. For example, one book that entered the public domain this year was Henry Holler's The Steppenwolf or Der Steppenwolf. Jess, are you familiar with that book? No, what is it? Well, it's a German book, and not by Henry Holler. That's the character in the book. The name of the author was Hermann Hesse, or Hermann Hesse. I don't know. I don't speak German or pronounce German. It's a very interesting book. It deals with the duality of men, concepts of mortality and other such things. And this is a book I would have never experienced if it had not entered the public domain. And now that it's in the public domain, there can be fresh new takes on it. Because I got to tell you, when I was reading it, some of the language was very archaic, uh, and it was translated from German to English. So with some some things might have been lost in translation. I would love to see a full adaptation of the Steppenwolf on a more modern, you know, take on the thing. And so anyway, back to Blood and Honey. The film is an adaptation of Winnie the Pooh, specifically the characters Winnie and the character Piglet. The film starts off with Christopher Robin trying to, you know, introduce his wife to his friends in the Hundred Acre Woods. And Tigger, of course, is not in the public domain yet, so he is not in this film or even mentioned in this film. So basically what had happened is Christopher Robin had to leave his friends and go off to college. And when he left them, they became feral and they swore to never speak again. And because Christopher Robin never came to feed them, they got very hungry. They had no choice but to consume Eeyore and eat him. Uh, And very disturbing material, really. So... And there's no mention of the other characters. It's all only there's there's other characters involved, but what happened to them is unclear. It's possible they were also eaten. It's possible something else happened to them, but it's just Winnie the Pooh and Piglet. Christopher Robin is introducing his wife, who doesn't believe him that these characters are real and tangible and exist. But then, of course, they kill Christopher Robin's wife and they kidnap Christopher Robin and torture him. 
Simultaneously, there's a collection of women on a female trip, a girl's trip, doing a fun little thing at a place. And this is right next to the Hundred Acre Woods. So, of course, for the whole point of the movie is Winnie the Pooh and Piglet murdering these girls one by one systematically and the girls trying to have some sort of resistance against the characters. And that's really simple. There's some elements of the plot that I felt like were unnecessary and didn't go anywhere. For example, one of the girls, the whole reason they're on this vacation is to help her get over her PTSD from a stalking incident she had earlier. But this isn't really explored in a whole lot of detail. And there's some other plot elements that I feel like are a little weak. But overall, for a low-budget you know, horror movie, I wasn't expecting it to be as interesting as it was. But I was thoroughly entertained by the film. And the effects were not terrible. They weren't the best, but they weren't terrible. It's better than anything you'd see on the sci-fi channel. The acting was surprisingly good. Uh, the actor who played Christopher Robin, his first name is Nikolai. His last name escapes me at the moment. He was very good in the film. And just, the, 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 it, was, it was better than I would expect it to be. And I encourage you to watch it and get some amusement out of that. Jesse, have you heard of it? I have heard of it, and you should tell your listeners the big news on your podcast that's coming up. Well, that's a secret. Oh. It's a secret. A big news, but it's a secret. Secret news. You'll find out. You'll find out. I mean, I already know what it is, but I'm not Yeah, sure. Jesse knows what it is, but the listeners don't know because it's a secret. So that's the first film I watched in the month of February. Jesse, can you tell us about your film and your experience? All right, so... Surprisingly, I managed to get one film in this year, and it was towards the end of... Well, you mean the month? Yeah, month, and it was towards the end of the month, and me and some of my friends were up in Tennessee late night, and we just decided to go find a random movie on Netflix. And two of us in there had not seen this film, and it is called Wedding Crashers. It is a 2005 comedy film who the main characters are played by Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson. So basically, the whole plot of the movie—what what did you say, Mike? I didn't say anything. Oh, I thought you did. Anyway, so the main plot of the movie, how it starts, is that these two guys, they're up in Washington, D.C., they're friends, and basically all they do is go crash weddings in order to hook up with the women there. Does this have Bella Thorne in it? No, this is way before her time. Audrey Plaza? No. James Franco? No. I'm thinking of Mike and Dave need wedding dates. Yeah, I haven't seen that, have you? I also haven't seen it, but I thought for sure there was a similar film where Audrey Plaza... And Bella Thorne, maybe it was somewhere else. They they faked invitations to a wedding to hook up with people. I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe that's is there a sequel to this movie? No, there's not. Well, who's in the movie? Um, let me let me read through the cast first, and then like like when I go through a plot, plot, I'll introduce the cast. All right. So John John Beckwith is Owen Wilson's character, and Jeremy Gray is Vince Vaughn's character. And like I said earlier, they're they live up in Washington, D.C. They're friends. They're both divorce mediators. And in their free time, they just go crash weddings to just hook up with women there. This is like a comedy? Yes. Okay, so so is there like a, is there anything beyond that? Is there some type of a plot? Yeah, yeah, I'm getting there. I'm just getting the introduction started. So anyway, they decide to go to this one crash for this wedding. And it's for the U.S. Secretary of Treasury's daughter. And the Secretary of Treasury is played by none other than Christopher Walken. Hey, wait a minute. Is this Donald Rumsfeld? Or is this Janet Yellen? 
or is this Elaine Chow, or is this some other Secretary of the Treasury? No, it's just a unnamed U.S. Secretary of Treasury. But his, the character's name is William Cleary. He's a fictional U.S. Sec- Secretary of Treasury. You said this movie came out when? 2005. In 2005, I believe the Secretary was Donald Rumsfeld. Let's just confirm that real quick. I'll look this up while you continue speaking. All right. But anyway, they go to the wedding, and the wedding is for his daughter. And then while they're at the wedding, they're looking for the girls that they want to hook up with tonight. So John, so Owen Wilson character sets his eyes on his on the secretary's daughter, other daughter, who's also the maid of honor. Her name's Claire, and she's played by Rachel McAdams. While Vince Vaughn's character sets his eyes on his on the treasurer's other daughter, whose name is who what was her name again it's escaped gloria that's it basically vince vaughn hooks up with gloria and then they get it off and then owen wilson's character tries to get with claire but it turns out claire already has a boyfriend and his name is sack and he's played by bradley cooper so then later on the secretary of treasurer invites jeremy and john to his place up in maryland so they do that hang out with a the family there and there's a lot of interesting characters as well. Like, for example, the Treasury's wife, who I forget the actress that plays her, basically tries to seduce Owen Wilson's character. And that whole sequence right there was just hilarious in the film. Okay, so back to this. I looked it up, and I was way wrong. Out of all the people's names I listed, only Janet Yellen is an actual Secretary of the Treasury. Uh, in 2005, the Secretary of the Treasury was Jon Snow. Hmm. I wonder if he knows nothing. <laughs> Game of Thrones reference. But no, I got the politicians confused. I was thinking of Secretary of Defenses and Secretaries of Transportation. Yeah. Cabinet members are very easy for me to get confused. But anyway, back to the plot. Yeah. Anyway, Vince Vaughn's character is like not having fun at the place because it turns out Gloria is very obsessive and he, well, she actually ties him up to the bed at one point and rapes him one night which was kind of what now hmm, like tied him tied him on the bed while he was asleep and gagged him and then had sex with him and why did she do that because she's obsessive and is this a is this played as like a comedic thing yes it's a comedic thing oh oh no yes indeed and then after that experience Vince Vaughn's character decides that he wants to leave, but John, who's Owen Wilson's character, decides he still wants to stay to try and still figure out stuff with Claire because it's later on revealed in the movie that Sack, who is Claire's boyfriend, is not fully committed to her, and Claire is having mixed feelings about the whole ordeal as well. But then later on, she kisses John on a beach towards the middle of the movie, but while this is all happening at the same time, Sack hires a private investigator to investigate john and jeremy's backstory because i forgot to mention this earlier but how they get into the weddings is that they come up with fake ids and fake stories for themselves like they say oh i'm the nephew of the bride maid of honor and i'm the son of this long far off distant family member but then they're found out and they're kicked off the property and then later on in the film John is John still wants to get back with Claire who but before they get kicked out Sack announces his engagement to Claire and then 
more things happen. John and Jeremy have like a split in their friendship. And because Jeremy, who's been Spawn's character again, is trying to, is still having a relationship with Gloria because later on in the film, he says, even though he had this bad sexual experience happen to him, he was kind of turned on by it. So he still gets with Gloria still. He still gets with the crazy lady? Yes. Oh man, what a strange film. Oh, there's more, there's more. Comedy in the early 2000s was just bizarre. Yeah. But there is more to the story. So after John and Jeremy split ways for a little bit, John decides to just crash weddings by himself. And then later on, he meets Jeremy's mentor, who, spoiler alert, is played by Will Ferrell. I see. Yes, so basically it gets to the point where where Will Ferrell's character, whose name is Chaz, decides to not only crash weddings, but to crash funerals as well for the same purpose, which kind of gets John to thinking, like, why am I doing this at funerals? So then there's, like, another part of the movie where Jeremy actually sets up a wedding with Gloria now because they're now going to get married and he asked John to be his best man which during that time John and Jeremy were still having a spat so he couldn't do it but then toward at the end of the film John does quote unquote crash Jeremy and Gloria's wedding and then since Claire is also there seeing that she is Gloria's sister he confesses his love to her and all that still Sack almost beats him but John, but Jeremy at the last second punches him knocks him out cold and then John and Claire get together and then at the very end of the film they all four of them ride off in the car together and decide that they want to crash weddings that's that's adorable uh, doesn't seem like a movie I'm interested in do you have yeah, to it's, do... just, it's just one of those like late night comedy films that you have nothing else to watch yeah when you have nothing else to watch you should read a book you should do something productive you should start a business you should you should research currency rates you should you should um you should purchase a lamp. I don't know. Do something productive. Don't just watch a movie if you have nothing else to do. That's a product of consumerism and it's bad for society. But anyway, the final movie I watched in the previous month is actually a DC animated film and it is called The Legion of Superheroes. And you have not seen this yet. No, I have not. So keep the spoilers minimum if you are. Right, I'm not going to spoil it uh because I mean, you spoiled the entirety of Wedding Crashers, but I, I wasn't planning on saying that. But the so Legion of Superheroes is from the DC Tomorrowverse. So for those of you who aren't familiar with the DC animated films, starting from Justice League War and then going on through Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, a majority of the DC animated movies were set in the same universe. I was not the biggest fan of this universe. I felt that many of the movies were very weak on a number of aspects. And... Spoiler alert, the Hush, Hush being the Riddler was one of the worst things in that whole universe. I actually really liked that movie up until that point. Then I was yes. furious. Yes. Because it's got a really good scene between... Uh, it's got, it, it does a really good adaptation. Because the Hush comic is really good. And it's a great adaptation up until that point. When it is absolutely infuriating. But Legion of Superheroes, for those of you who aren't aware, there was an old program in the early 2000s called Legion of Superheroes. It focused on Superman being transported into the future, working with the Legion of Superheroes, which consisted of characters such as Brainiac 5, Bouncing Boy, Triplicate Girl, lesser no- these lesser-known characters. And he was just doing stuff with them, doing his own thing, right? But Legion of Superheroes focuses on Supergirl, Kara. She gets sent to Earth. 
but she was an adult. She grew up on Krypton and, and is used to all the technologies of Krypton that Earth doesn't have. So she's very reckless with her powers and she doesn't really fit in there. So Superman and her talk and he decides to send her to the future to work with the Legion of Superheroes to see if that will benefit her and help her learn anything and become you know better at controlling her powers and using them and other such things. And so that's the plot of the movie. She gets sent to work with the Legion of Superheroes. That's the plot without any spoilers. And I actually really enjoyed this, and I thought it was one of the better entries. When it comes to the Tomorrowverse films, some I thought have been really good. Most of them, I think, have been mid. And the Green Lantern movie, I thought, was actually rather not as good. Just because, have you seen the Green Lantern movie? Yes, I have. I did not like what they did to, I mean... I just didn't like the whole Hal Jordan twist. Uh, I think that, oh, should, yeah, I just wasn't a fan of that. And, but, you know, it is what it is. And it ends on a very peculiar cliffhanger that I'm not sure what's going to happen next. But I think you, if you're a fan of these characters or DC characters in general, this book features a lot of lesser known characters. And it ties back in Man of Tomorrow in an interesting way as well. Uh, not Man of Tomorrow, um, the Justice Society. It ties back into that Tomorrowverse film as well. So I think it's a very interesting one that you should check out. I think the best one in that universe so far is probably The Long Halloween. I really enjoyed The Long Halloween. I- I'm glad that it was split up into two parts so the whole story could be fleshed out. I really enjoyed just the singular focus. And I feel like more films, DC or Marvel, I would prefer if they had a singular focus. Mm-hmm. One of the best Marvel movies, Iron Man. One of the best DC films, Man of Steel. Why? Because they're a singular focus. They're not focused on 50 other characters. There isn't a focus on on other things. There's one specific character that drives the narrative, and I think that is something a lot of these superhero films are lacking these days. Team-up films can be good if done correctly, like the first Avengers movie, where there were a few characters, but they all got a reasonable amount of screen time. In Infinity War and Endgame, there's so many characters, and there isn't enough time for each of the characters to develop. Those are still good I'm, movies. Just but... like Counterpoint, it's just by that time, you're already acquainted with just about all the characters in Infinity War and Endgame, so there's no like need to expand on those characters, because you already know who they are, and their backstory's been told already. If you're watching all the Marvel movies up to that point regularly, and I've seen from Iron Man to No Way Home, I saw every Marvel movie in theaters with the exception of The Incredible Hulk. And Eternals, and Black Panther 2, and Ant-Man 3. Well, Jesse, I said up to No Way Home. Those oh. movies all took place. But anyway, the point I'm trying to make is with these DC films, these animated films, they're expecting you to already have a preconceived relationship with these characters. But since this is not the case... Like for Hal Jordan, for instance, he has he was not present in any Tomorrowverse films up until the Green Lantern film. So you'd have to have an understanding of these characters prior to watching the films, which means there is no outside appeal for anyone similar with the Marvel movies. No one who hasn't seen them up to this point is going to feel interested in them. And no one who hasn't seen like imagine watching Endgame without having watching any of the previous ones. It wouldn't work. Mm hmm. But anyway, those are the films we watched for the month of February. Kind of off topic, but I just found this out, but Mr. Krabs has been cast as Salvatore Barodi in The Penguin. Clancy Brown has been cast, Jesse. 
Mm-hmm. Show some respect on Clancy. But Mr. Krabs. Money, 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 money. Anyway. I, 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 I didn't know it was Salvador. Uh, I thought I didn't know it had been revealed yet. Yeah, but Salvador. Um, Is that confirmed that it's Salvador? That's confirmed. I am conflicted by that. I'm sure it'll be fine either way. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. Tune in next month when Mike and Jesse do another recap. Hopefully I have another thing watched. I'm honestly surprised I got something watched this month. Jesse, I would have made you watch something on February 28th if you hadn't, just so we could continue our monthly tradition. Yes. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.